entering uh, as a sophomore, um, I had aspirations of being uh, somebody in, in the business field and working on finance. But uh, joining robotics and really experiencing firsthand what it means to, to be with the team and have hands-on work on a robot, whether it be uh, coding or computers or whether it be uh, hardware or software, whatever it is, or mechanical stuff. Um, it's changed my, my career aspects and I'm looking to become somewhat of an engineer or close to that. Uh, but um, it's, changed, it's changed my life a lot, actually. Hello, I'm Jim Fox and welcome to the Loom Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live. First Robotics is a worldwide robotics competition that is changing the lives and future career paths of high school students everywhere. The mission of First Robotics is to change our society such that science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics are celebrated every bit as much as sports and pop culture. Each year in early January, on what is known as Kickoff Day, every First Robotics competition team learns about the game challenge for the new season. On January 6th, I had a discussion with three FIRST Robotics students from Baytown, Texas to talk about what they experienced during kickoff day 2018. Welcome to the Loom Innovation Podcast. I'm here at Robert E. Lee High School in Baytown, Texas with a classroom full of excited high school students. Wired up on the mics this morning, we have Andrew. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Nice to meet you. Even though and I've met you already. That was, no. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's what I hear people and say Chris, on podcasts. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. And, and finally, Kagan. Hi. Hi. So we're in early January. It's cold. It's a Saturday morning. Most high school students would way rather be sleeping in. What are you guys doing here early on a Saturday morning? You know, they gave us breakfast, so that's why we're here. Free foods. Free yeah. food's always a good thing. Yep, free food's the biggest thing. And they thing. said they're going to give us lunch as well, so that's was, I was, I was right. why I'm here. Uh, but I bet there's something <laughs> other than free food you're after. Well, what the other it? thing that we're after is um, the first robotics competition kickoff is today. The big video is coming out that um, releases what we're going to be doing this year for FRC. FRC, first robotics competition. Very cool. Uh, give us a quick rundown, a 30-second uh, version of what is first robotics. So FIRST Robotics is a, is a program that allows high school students to get hands-on um, work and have experience within the field of engineering and other aspects of what it means to be a, a person in high school learning about mechanics and, and so forth. It's a very good program. Um, I recommend it to anybody out there who's, who's wanted to do more. Higgin, you got anything to add to that? What is FIRST Robotics? Um, it's an opportunity to grow in any field you want. It's not just about mechanics. You can... I particularly want to do advertising, and that's helped me a lot through this. And so you can grow and learn new skills as well. We'll learn soon enough that uh, FIRST Robotics is definitely more than robots. We'll touch on that in a few minutes. How many years have each of you guys been involved? I've this been involved. This is my third year. Third year. This I've been involved for four years. Andrew's on four years. But you've actually got some experience before that with FIRST oh, Robotics. Oh, yeah. So FIRST is a four-tier program. A four -tier program. You've got Junior FLL, FLL, FTC, and FRC. FLL or FLE is, uh, <laughs> first, Lego is League? first Lego League, and yeah. I was a part of that for four years, and now I've been a part of FRC for four years. Okay, so you're going on, the, the, this is your eighth or eight ninth years. year? Eight years. Yeah. Okay, Chris, how about you? Uh, this is my third year. I entered as a sophomore, and not knowing anything about robotics, 
Um, but I quickly jumped onto the boat, and here I am, and senior year. And you have quickly become a superstar on the team. You've now are an office holder uh, on the executive committee, and you've been involved in almost everything He's we've Mr. done over President. the years. Yeah, yep. Mr. President. <laughs> Kagan, how about you? How many years have you been doing this? This is my third year. I joined my sophomore year of high school, and I took over imagery pretty I took to imagery pretty quickly. Very cool. Very, very good. Uh, talk a bit about your team. You guys have got a uh, somewhat unique team organization here. Um, your three different schools combined into one team. So go ahead and uh, talk about your team a bit. So we're a district-wide team. There's four high schools in the district. Um, so we have students from every high school. We're the Blargo Fish. So we have a pretty interesting mascot. And which leads to a pretty interesting image, which you can tell at competitions. You can pick us out pretty easily by the spikes and on our hats. And um, we participate in about two regionals, which is a lot of fun. And we've grown a lot over the past few years. You threw a really weird word in there that the listeners are going to be confused by. Let's put Chris on the spot. Can you spell Blargolfish? Uh it's B. Oh, he's cheating. He's reading off of his shirt. B L A R G L E F I S H. Ding, 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 ding. You win. Blargofish. And if you ever want to know what a blargofish looks like, it's just type it in on Google, and the the picture will come up. Also, if there's any World of Warcraft fans, you know what a murloc is? It's it's a murloc. Yeah, it's a murloc. We got permission from WoW to use it. Um, and it's all changed up and cooler now. Though, yeah, so. it's been modified to be more robotic-y, more, kind of more nerdy, right? Very cool. So you've talked a bit about your team and about First Robotics. I'm going to do a quote from the first founder. Who can tell me who the first founder is? Who founded First Robotics? This is Dean Kamen. Dean Kamen. He's invented a handful of things prior to inventing uh, yeah. First Robotics. What are some of the things that... One thing he invented was the... the uh, well, it was like the water subway. creator. Oh, the sub... Yeah, he's doing a subway from... From oh where is it? From? Well the big one the big one he's done several things but the big one that came to mind for me was the Segway the little two oh, oh the Segway I forgot yeah, about that, that was the Segway cool one. one of the quotes that uh, that he's ones. attributed or attributed to him is first is more than robots robots are a vehicle for students to learn important life skills kids often come in not knowing what to expect of the program nor of themselves they leave even after the first season with a vision with confidence and with a sense that they can create their own future. So following in the spirit of Dean wor Dean's words, in your years of involvement with FIRST, how has your future been changed or your current current viewpoint of what you think your future may hold? Well, entering uh, as a sophomore, um, I had aspirations of being uh, somebody in, in the business field and working on finance. But uh, joining robotics and really experiencing firsthand what it means to, to be with the team and have hands-on work on a robot, whether it be uh, coding with computers or whether it be um, hardware, software, whatever it is, uh, mechanical stuff. Um, it's changed my, my career aspects, and I'm looking to become somewhat of an engineer or close to that. Uh, but um, it's, changed, it's changed my life a lot, actually. Very you know? cool. You're, you're well on your way to being an engineer. You've certainly uh, adopted a lot of the practices and the mindset of, of that, so I'm sure that's in your future. Kagan, how about you? How has this changed your direction? I'm still more an English person than I am mechanics or anything. But, but the first part of the quote was, first is more than robots. So it that's is totally, totally okay. more than robots. I've learned a lot of skills, of mostly people skills, um, <laughs> and working with a team that's been very important um, in this program. And before, you know, I didn't work with a team all that well because group projects are never fun, but this is a group project that I have a lot of fun with. Yeah, and you get involved in a lot of the non-shop 
related activities and really kick butt in those tasks. So you yes. do well with that. Andrew, how about you? How has this kind of redirected your your idea of what the future may hold for you? Well, I've kind of always wanted to be a mechanical engineer um, ever since I was little. Um, but what it what it's really done is it's fortified the fact because I've ha I've gone through stages where I was like I don't want to be this I want to be something else. But because of robotics, it's always brought me back to being an engineer, and <clears throat> it's also helped a ton with just. Um, it's hard to explain because it's like everyday skills. You you get really good at doing little things because you understand how they work. This this program just helps you so much with learning how things work and learning how to solve problems and and it it co cor correlates with real life really well. Yeah, it's uh, it's very unique in the high school uh, area to get hands-on experience solving real-world problems and doing it in a real-world type engineering environment. It is definitely good for that. Uh, let's see. Uh, what? Do, let's talk about your college. You guys are a couple years ahead of a c or away from college, or maybe only one year. What do, where do you think you'll go, and what do you think you'll major in? Well, I've signed up for um, Naval Academy right now, and okay. hopefully that's where I get accepted. But if not, um, my backup plan is UT. I've been accepted, and that that's where I'm going to go. If not, and Very I plan on majoring in mechanical engineering. Very good, Chris. Um, I've actually been accepted into University of Houston uh, for computer engineering. So hopefully that'll be that'll be my next. Uh, my next school. Very good. Kagan? I've been admitted into Texas A&M for English. Hey, Very cool. Hey, That's hey, definitely hey, a good hey, thing. Hey, right. hey, hey, whoop. Sorry, I had to make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's all good. So today is a very unique day, a uh, very cool day. Uh, teams all over the world um, are looking forward to this day for what reason? What is going on here in about 20 minutes? Uh, what's going on is the kickoff. It's the big game release. Every year we get a new game. Uh, last year it was picking up these gears and shooting these balls into a really like a 10-foot tall goal. Yeah. If you want to find out more, you can search it. But um, So this year is supposed to be some type of video game theme and we have no idea what it's going to be but we're pumped and excited and super ready to see what it's going to be. We don't know what the game is going to be but do we know the game name yet? It's First Power Up. First Power Up. Chris, what do you think the oh, First wow. Power Up means? Um, well, um, by looking at the, the little cheat videos I guess you can say I think it's going to be uh, something similar to the past few years of having to score balls or um, other aspects of scoring. And Actually, so I've got something else. I think my, my prediction is that we're going to be shooting cubes. Because pixels, I don't like. Because I feel like it's going to be a challenge this year. So okay. instead of shooting, you know, the normal ball, which is really easy to shoot, I feel like there's going to be some type of cube that we have to shoot into something. So they, uh, so first is uh, anonymous for not giving any clues at all about the game until right at kickoff. But in the last few years, they've been releasing the game name and theme. So the game name, as they mentioned, was First Power Up, and we've got pretty strong hints that it's going to be video game related of some sort. So you're kind of going on Minecraft idea, right? I'm thinking like pixels because they're cubic. Okay. And, well, which is like Minecraft yeah. kind of. So like it'd be some cube. I'm just just that's that's, that's my guess. That's all we can do right yeah. now. Yeah, right? <laughs> there's don't nothing know. else we can do. We don't know anything else about the game. So let's talk uh, a bit about what does a generic robot look like? About how big are they most seasons? And of course, that could change this year. We don't know. But about how big is a robot and how heavy and all that kind of stuff? Um, it's usually about three feet by three feet, and it can range from three feet tall to five, six feet tall. Yeah, and about how heavy generally? About uh, 115. Yeah, 115, 120 pounds. Yeah, okay, and then by the time you add bumpers and battery, you're pushing 150 pounds. Yeah. So it's about the size of some of you guys. 
Yeah. So they, it's, yeah. It's a little hard carrying onto the field, too. You know, you see all these robotic, nerdy people with their skirani arms walking onto the field, straining, yeah. and it's just kind of funny every now and then. But then, like, the lady cans, like, lift that up so easily. Yeah, another they're team, they're, the, they're just all girls, and they just, it's up, off the field. And they, they, they really do well. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a, a good team to watch throughout the years. Well, you mentioned um, last year's game was a first Stronghold. Talk a little bit about what that game was Last like. year was first Steamworks. I'm sorry, your Steamworks. Stronghold was the year before. Steamworks. Mm -hmm. Good job correcting me on that. <laughs> so talk about uh, Steamworks then. Steamworks, um, there were these elements called fuel, and it was just this ball. It was like a six-inch ball. Um, that were There were 600 of them on the field. And they they would be in these hoppers, and you could hit the hoppers and make them fall on the ground. And you have to pick them up and shoot them either into a low goal, which is like three feet high, or a high goal, which was a like a basketball hoop, um, like ten feet high. And then the other element um, was these gears. It was this big plastic gear that was ten inches long, and you had to pick them up and put them on these pegs, which were brought up into a giant field element. I'm using all these words that are hard if you don't know what first is, but I mean, I, I can't explain it. Any YouTube other way. is your friend. Yeah, yeah YouTube <laughs> is your friend. Yeah, I, keep going. Yeah, and then, um, and then the other element that was in the game was the climbing. And so what happens is the people who are in the giant game element at, on the field they drop down ropes. Okay. And the robot would have to come and climb the rope and touch a push pad. It was about three feet of a climb. Okay. And so, um. We got real. We 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 got real fancy, and with our robot, we got it within four second climb. I think sometimes quicker. Two that, second. Yeah, yeah it was it was a fast was climb. Yeah. So for those those of you listening, wherever you're listening and whenever you're listening, p hit pause now on the uh, playback of this and pull up uh, YouTube and 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 uh, do a YouTube search for first Steamworks, and you'll uh, you'll see a little bit about this. Um, but of course, come back to the podcast and hit play after you've checked out the YouTube. Uh, what do you got to ask, add, uh, Chris, about uh, last year's game? What, what do you remember? What were some of the unique features of the game? Well, one thing um, I remember was the, the visibility of the field was very difficult to kind of move around. Um, I would say the pegs on the and putting the gears on um, at first was very difficult, but uh, thanks to our, our human players, um, Andrew here, uh, he was he was in the airship. Um, the, the driver and he were able to really get in sync and be able to uh, line up with the, the peg, uh, which made it really easy for us to kind of uh, move back and forth. Um, but I think last year's game was, was very awesome. Um, there were so many different ways you can score, and it was it was really picking and choosing what you wanted to do because the ball, the fuel, the fuel balls um, could equal the same amount, the same as the, the gears, uh, depending on how many you get per game. And it was a it was, it, was very interesting. it was a very fast-paced game. It was. Mm -hmm. It was hard to watch because you couldn't see all the robot movements because there were so many and so much going on and things flying everywhere. And so sitting in the stands, it's just like, what do you, what do I need to focus <laughs> on? I think this uh, last year was the season with the most uh, game pieces. We had 600 balls. These are slightly bigger than the typical wiffle ball that you might have in a in a playground or at a. a uh, Sporting goods store, or whatever. A little bit bigger than that, but basically they were wiffle balls, and then these ten or twelve inch gears. Uh, but there were six hundred of those balls, and and fifty or sixty or so of the gears. So they were just everywhere. A lot of mm -hmm. game pieces. It was crazy. In previous years, probably I don't think it's happened since you guys have been students on here. But in, in previous years, uh, there have been uh, rules that allowed for mini bots to kind of detach from the main robot and go do tasks. Uh, you, have you guys seen any? Anything like that? We never had it during our years, but oh. I do remember there was one year 
um, no, I can't remember, but they had a mini bot that connected to like a, a tetherball pole, yeah, and it had to climb that pole as fast as it could, yes, and hit the hit the bell first, um, and so robots would be waiting because you had to do it within the last fifteen seconds of this period, and they'd be waiting, and then like once the time hit, their robot would shoot out, and it would like ding on and fly up, and it was just an awesome. Yeah, and it was crazy. They were little bots that moved ridiculously fast. That sometimes are tethered, sometimes not, depending yeah. on the game, depending on the rules. And that year was uh, 2010. Uh, it was Breakaway, if I'm not mistaken, correct? It was Breakaway. That was uh, the soccer game as well. Ah. That is the bane of my existence in first. That sucked <laughs> my butt. Uh, that was hard year. Uh, let's see. In other, in other years, we've had uh, the main robot is climbing poles or hanging from a rope or hanging from a hook. Uh, we've had game pieces that are more or less like the storage containers you may have in your closet, the Tupperware storage containers mm -hmm. you've got pillows or whatever in. Uh, the, the game pieces can be uh, anything and everything. Some years were somewhat of a football theme. In 2010, it was kind of a soccer theme. Uh, let's see, 2011, I think, was the basketball year. I may have got those years mixed up. but There was but a Frisbee year, too. There was a Frisbee year. I really wish I was part of the Frisbee 2012 year. was Real the basketball. Real disappointed I couldn't be that one. Yeah, <laughs> so it's 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 all over the place. And what we're going to see today in about 15 minutes could be completely, totally who knows what. No idea. There's also kind of a tendency for first to recycle game elements every few years. They generally don't recycle any sooner than four years so that any one student, freshman through senior year, won't see the same game element. But around about five or six years in, they'll sometimes recycle a game element. So Wait, so what happened in 2014? Uh-huh, that's a good <laughs> What was, what was 2014's year? 2014 was? It was Aerial Assault. Ooh, that was Aerial the one with the giant yoga balls that we shot into oh, yeah. massive goals. That was goals. the really big balls. And those have been used before. Those were used in 2008, I think. Yes. Uh, I, I remember what you're talking yeah. about. It's the, that was yeah, the overdrive. overrun where you overdrive. raced around the track. Overdrive. So yeah, it so that we're, we're going to be throwing cubes? Yeah, throwing giant cubes. Arab <laughs> cubes. So it could be I'm absolutely for anything. That would be cool. That would be. Very I want cool. a giant game of Pac-Man. That's that what I'm hoping. That would be for. cool because that would be fit into the video Collect game. Collect as many of the cubes as we're, you can. We're about to get uh, moved on here to the to the kickoff video, but before we go, give uh, the listeners a bit of an idea of how our season. Here we are on January sixth, the first weekend of January. What? How does the season unfold between now and mid-April or late April? So at the very or at the very beginning of the kickoff, um, like like we said earlier, is a is a release game, and as we go, we have uh, six weeks to build a robot. Um, within those six weeks, we have to build a robot and bag it at the very end of the at the very end of the day, um, or at the very end of the build season, rather. I'm sorry. Um, and we can't touch that robot uh, until competition. Um, and a lot of times, those six weeks can be, be very good for teams and be very bad for teams, uh, whether it be for um, whatever reason of parts not coming in or it's just very hectic. Um, and so, it's but it's a very... It's a lot of work. Yes. We, um, because all, all, all the stuff that's involved in it, in the beginning, we do all this prototyping based off the ideas that we came up, come up to today. Um, we'll do all the types of prototyping and figuring out what ideas are going to work best. And then we get into the fabrication. And we're also going to, this year is our first year, we're going to try and add a CAD aspect. So computer-aided drafting, we're going to try and be able to um, draw up the robot before we actually build it. That okay. way we have better plans. And um, So then throughout the year you build the robot and then you bag it, like you said. And then you have competition season. Which is another that one's that w it used That's to be just six, six weeks. weeks, but I think now it's like it's, it's eight. it gets up to eight, uh, nine weeks. Maybe it's changed. Okay, but you're right. Traditionally, it, it has been six weeks. Build season is six weeks and usually three days. We almost always bag on a Tuesday, so it's six weeks plus a few days to get us to the next Tuesday, 
And then we take about a week and a half off, and then the competition start weeks one through six, I think. But maybe it's different this year. You're suggesting well, they have weeks, weeks one through six that I was thinking of, and like champs. Yeah, and then you take a break and then do, do the championship. If, one you, of the if you chose to, robotics could take up your entire life. It well, it has. Like, I it kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> very much. But has. I mean, it could it could take up the entire year if you just really got invested, and it'd be fun. Very cool. And uh, real quick before we. Uh, Wrap up here. Where are we going to be competing at? Have you guys, has the word trickled down to you guys where we're competing yet? I know first week we're competing in Dallas. Yeah. And we're hoping Lone Star South for week six. Right. Yep. And Dallas is going to be March 1st through 4th. And Lone Star South will be April 4th through 7th. And if we do well there, World Championship will be eight, April 18th through 21st. Yeah, the hope is we that. get there. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's, that's, that's our championship kind of right in our backyard. That's the big here. goal. Very cool, because Baytown is just, what, 20 miles or so east of Houston, so the, the Houston Championship is, is nearby. Uh, let's see, we're let's going to wrap up here shortly. Any any? We're here in a classroom with uh, the rest of the team. Anyone from the team have any questions that we want to throw out and uh, put on here? Or are we just anxious to get off to the to kickoff video? Let's, uh, let's do. Uh, one big old uh, go Blargolfish. How about that? Three, two, one. All right, we'll uh, tune back in in a few hours after we've seen the release video, and we'll see what's in store for us. Thanks. Let's break out of the program here for a few seconds to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Puzzometry, the hardest puzzle you'll never solve. If you love working on challenging, unique, and beautiful mechanical puzzles, then you've just got to try Puzzometry. P-U-Z-Z-O-M-E-T-R-Y, Puzzometry.com. They have three different puzzles to choose from, and all are for sale at Puzzometry.com. Check it out. You'll be glad that you did. Puzzometry can also be found on Twitter and Facebook. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Luminovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation. Before we get back to the program, I want to let you know that you can find all of the episodes of the Luminovation podcast on our webpage, luminovation.com. That's L-U-M-innovation.com, luminovation.com. We are also on iTunes as well as soundcloud.com. Now I can't hear you. We're live. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not live though, right? You'll, you'll edit that out. We are alive, right? Oh, okay. oh, we are alive. Like <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Luminovation Podcast. We're here at Robert E. Lee High School in Baytown, Texas, just a little bit east of Houston, Texas. And we're here with the same three hooligans we had earlier in the Excellent. day. I resent that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the show again. Hi, how are you? And Chris. Hi, hi. And Kagan. Hello. So it's been a few hours since we've talked. What have we learned? That the game's really hard. Too much. Too much. <laughs> Go on. What else? Lots of head exploding. Okay, the happened. game is called First Power Up. Yep, we knew that. Um, when the when the release came out, it was a really long, super cheesy synopsis with the old Dean Kamen and Woody Flowers. Love it every year. It's As funny. per <laughs> usual. Yeah. Um, but then when the game animation came up, um, it is just this crazy game. The, the, biggest, the biggest thing I can say about the game is that it's a high strategy game. It's some crazy strategies going on and it's real time strategy, not not pre preemptive but real time strategy going on. Yeah, let's before we get to the nitty gritty of the game, let's let's review a bit what you 
hit, uh, hidden about there is the game release video was unique this year. It was a 100% old school 8-bit video game. So someone take a minute and kind of describe how that went. Was it like a 30 minute long thing? The whole, okay, yeah, yeah. That we were all confused. Um, the whole beginning was all 8-bit. They just... Um, Look kind of like Mario Brothers in a sense, yeah. right? Yeah, they, they characterized all the people and they um, just went through the whole intro and talked about first and their GP, and which is gracious professionalism. Yep. Which was coined. Um, and did all that. And then once it got to the actual, say, the animation, it um, turned from this 8-bit to easy to see. <laughs> Non-terrible old graphics. Yes, <laughs> that, that's that was were not terrible. Those were good games back oh, then. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so now that that's how the game was uh, kind of presented to us in, in a twenty or so minute uh, video that was put together in the style of the old eight bit video games, kind of like uh, you know Mario Brothers or whatever. Uh, what did we learn about the game from watching that? So uh, this year, uh, what they presented was uh, points based on time. And that was very interesting because of the previous years and the years beforehand, um, there has never been one or that I know of that uh, that you're able to get points based on the, the number of seconds that you're you're holding the possession of the scale or the uh, or the other scoring options. And so this is a very very interesting. Um, I'm excited to kind of see what what's to come. Yeah. So let's let's try to set the stage a little bit. The uh the first 15 seconds of the game, of every game, is autonomous. The robots will drive themselves, think for themselves. Two minutes and 15 seconds of teleoperated play. That's with the students, you guys, with your hands on the joystick, trying to tell the robot to do whatever it is you want it to do. Uh, someone tried to just physically describe the field. So, of course, this is an audio-only podcast. They don't have a picture in front of them. Kind of uh, paint a picture in their mind. What, what is the field? What does it look like? So there's two basically mini scales called switches, and they're at either end of the field, and then they're teeter totters the more or less, right? Yes. yes. Okay. And in the middle of the uh, the middle of the field, there's a really big scale that goes from four to six feet, depending on which way it's tilting. And there's also a big teeter totter that's about yes. six feet off the ground. Well, Very it's tall. leveled off at five, five feet, feet, feet and yeah. highest it goes is six feet. Okay, and what goes on these teeter-totters? On the teeter-totters, they um, put these game pieces, and the game pieces this year are milk crates yep. covered in this, like, canvas coating or covering. Synth it's like synthetic material. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a milk crate, and so thing, yeah. they call them the um, power cubes. Power cubes, mm -hmm. yeah, going along power with the video game theme. Yeah, and um, basically you have to put these power cubes on the um, on the scales, on either end of the scale, based on what color it is. And if it's tipping in your direction or your color direction, it'll light up if it's your side. Um, and if it's tipping that way, every second that it's tipped that way, you get one point. Okay, very cool. So, so people that are listening to this may not be at all familiar with FIRST Robotics. So the FIRST Robotics is typically, the last several years, it's been three robots, say the Red Alliance, versus three other robots, the Blue Alliance, so at any given time on the field is six robots, three versus three, and those are red alliance versus blue alliance. So each side of the teeter-totter, whichever way it goes, is either red or blue, and whichever way is down, that alliance will get color or get points for that yeah, based on time. The other, right? the other field element that's here, we've got the, um, the scales with the power cubes, but then for the human players, which every year they have human players um, who interact with the pieces humanly, <laughs> and so what they do is they, there's a, another section called the power-ups section, I think that's what it's okay. called. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically you get three cubes and you put them, one to three cubes, 
and you'll hit a button, and there are three different power-ups. There's, um, help me out. Boost, levitate, and... Uh, it starts with an F. It's so this game is all brand new to us. We've just spent a few hours studying it, but yeah, we, we just really don't know it, it yet. The lesson's force. Oh, and yeah. force. Okay. force, okay. So what they, what they are is you've got boost, which multiplies, if it's leaning in your direction, it multiplies your points by two. So instead of getting one every second, you get two. Okay. Then you have power, which temporarily switches. That's force. Um, That's force. Oh, force. force, force. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> They're close. Um, <laughs> force, which temporarily switches the scale in your direction for 10 seconds. Very good. And, and levitate then is last is levitate, which is another portion of the game. There's a climbing portion this year. Yeah. And levitate gives you one free climb. So out of the three uh, robots on your alliance, two potentially could climb on their own, and the third could potentially climb with this boost, this power-up. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, so what have we done? Uh, so we learned about the game about 10 o'clock this morning. What have we, we been doing from 10 until now? It's about 4.30. So describe that day to the audience. How, how, how does that go for this team? Um, we spent the day basically going over all the elements of the game, breaking it down so that we can more easily understand it and understand what are the important elements that we need to focus on and focus the robot in doing. And we also kind of spent the day kind of going over some other elements on the team, like scouting, which is whenever we watch um, the other robots play and we went over the importance of that, and especially for this game, with it being such a strategy game. And we spent the rest of the day kind of brainstorming on what we want to do with the robot. Okay. Uh, talk about, uh, generically, the robot size. How big or small are these things, Chris? Approximately. About uh, two and a half feet to three feet um, in width. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's 58 inches or 55 inches uh, of height this year. Yeah, yeah, something weird about this year that we learned is the the starting the starting height is 55 inches, and then the width and length is it's 28 by 33. But um, the starting height, which at the beginning of the match you have to start within 55 inches high. But what's something weird is in the in the game book, and we need to search it up. We still haven't found a restriction on height. So as far as we know, we could go up to 10 feet tall with these robots. Yeah, and the rule books on the, uh, we're, we've printed out most of the rules already today, and the rule book is, I don't know, 100 or 150 pages, a lot of lot of details in there, and, and we're trying to get smart on it as we go, and we definitely have not had the time to totally read and understand everything, but, uh, so yeah, we'll learn as we go. But, but yeah, thus far, you're right, the robot could be infinitely tall as far as we understand. And why might that be handy to have a really tall robot, or a part of your robot being tall? Well, it would be handy is the, the when the scale, when the middle scale tips, it's it's six feet up off the ground when it tips. So if you want to be able to put the blocks within the six foot tall one, your robot has to be able to extend above six feet to put the block in. Six three because there's a um, yeah. plexiglass border around the scale to make sure the boxes stay on it. So you have to extend above. 6-3 in order to be able to put the box on it. Yeah, so imagine a big teeter-totter, but instead of having a seat that's maybe a foot or so wide, uh, the platforms at either end of the teeter-totter are three to four feet wide, and that's where all of these cubes, these milk crates go. And then around the perimeter of that, like uh, Kagan said, is a, a rail that's three inches tall to prevent them from falling off. Uh, very cool. Talk about a little bit um, kind of the engineering process we went through today. We've talked a lot about how I see Kagan being scared away by this. <laughs> uh, the English major. So talk yeah. about talk a little bit about the process <laughs> we went through today. After we, we spent a little bit of time trying to understand the basics of the rules, and then we did what? So what we did was we um, wrote down all the things that the robot could possibly do. 
So it's it was all theory. So some of the things were it could climb, it could drive fast, it could push totes, it could score totes. And, and what we did was we went through and we did a, um, we ranked them in easy, medium, or hard. And then the it was a cost and benefit analysis. The cost was high cost, low cost, medium cost, and the benefit was high, medium, and low. So we did our very so best to build an entire list of all the possible things that any random robot in the world could do related to this game. And uh, then you do the cost-benefit analysis. And Chris, what's the next step after that? Um, so everything is theoretical. And so right now, uh, after we finished, uh, we kind of went over ideas of how to, um, how to really engage the students and get them involved and how uh, the process of, uh, of the six weeks of the, the build season, uh, how it's going to kind of play out. And um, we're trying to introduce them to how, how everything's going to go. Um, and I think it was very successful. I, I would say the students were very intrigued uh, throughout the entire process, and, and hopefully it will keep on going that way. I'm glad you touched on that. I'm going to back up a bit, though. Uh, that's some good, good stuff that definitely keeping our students engaged. But let's go back to the cost-benefit analysis. What was the next step after we built this whole big long list of all the possible things? We, we weighted how hard that thing would be and then also how, how valuable that function would be. So it's the cost versus the benefit. Then what, Andrew? Yeah, so we got rid of the, the things that had a very low benefit and very high cost okay. and kept the things that had a very low cost and very high benefit. And that was our first step for eliminating these things that we didn't want to do. And then after that, we went through each piece and we debated whether we needed to keep it or not. And um, that's how we figured out our list of requirements that we think that we should be working on. And we're not totally done with that, but we're probably 90% there, right? We're pretty close. Yeah, so there, there gets to be a list of functions that are very hard to do and not particularly valuable. So with our limited resources of time and, and sponsorship dollars and everything else, we've, we've got to try to pick and choose the features and functions that we want to implement on the robot, right? Yeah. Very um, cool. <laughs> so you, you, you pulled up sponsors, and um, we've got some really cool sponsors that I think we need to shout out, um, mainly right. because they've helped us tons in the past years. Um, the two that have helped us more on the robot side were Ace Industrial and Dually Tackleberry. They both create parts. We'll send them catted up um, versions of the parts that we want, and they'll make them for us. And then, like you said, our sponsors have given us all kinds of money and such, and one of those was Cavestro. Cavestro donated um, money to us, and... It's it's nice. They also donate Lexan every time, and that's, that's they donated great. a bunch of hard hats one year yeah. for mm -hmm. our image. And Exxon is another big money donator. And then uh, there's another. There's a bunch of other sponsors that I can't name them all off the top of my head, but I know imagery wise, there's LD Signs and uh, Adolfo's Garage and Body. Uh, paint and Body uh, helps out with painting uh, the robot to make it look pretty. Yeah, so. Adolfo's Paint Body has really been cool because they, um, they, they it, it's, it was one of the, our previous students, he's a mentor now. Um, his dad still, though, is going to paint the robot for us and it makes it look pretty and awesome. Definitely <laughs> does look really so good. Cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no question we want to give a shout out to our, the sponsors of this team, but uh, see if you guys, I'm going to put you on the spot, see if you can give a shout out to any team in the country or perhaps any team in the world that maybe listen to this. How do they go out and find a sponsor in their area, in their neighborhood, and how will that sponsor, you know, how can a sponsor, how can a company or an individual plug into any team that may be near them? Because there's a listener in Portland, Oregon or something. How, how, can, how can we get teams connected to sponsors? Any thoughts on that? I, I know you guys have been focused more or less on your local effort, but kind of expand that out kind of. Um, a big thing is just getting involved in the community, and then you can show it to the sponsors and show how you've, you've been involved 
and then seeing all this stuff that has been benefiting, it's going to look good for them. So they decide to sponsor you, and it's just you you pr you ask them. A lot of times they will. Yeah, they, p companies are super generous, usually yep. speaking. That's true. That's that's definitely true. Anything to add on that, guys? And find something like local. Exxon is big around this area. They're building a new. Uh, headquarters in this area and a few of our sponsors are very much local um industries industries yeah and there's uh it goes back to the stuff we talked about this morning on the, pre on the previous segment that that you guys are are your path is changing because of this program you're you're going from whatever field you may have been into into engineering or or the military or whatever your path is changing and it is an opportunity for a company to plug in at the local level and make a difference at the high school level for the high school students and to change their path and change their direction. So, so if there is a company out there that is that, that that will help their mission as a company, then please do go find a team near you and sponsor them and help them out. First would be a great thing to sponsor because it's there's just so many opportunities that kids can excel in and it just sets them up for later in life. Yeah, no question. And I've, I've seen that over the years as well, that, that this is definitely changing the direction of students. and. And we've got, uh, like you mentioned here, we've got an, an alumni that's coming back, and he's currently enrolled in a, a good college here in, in the Houston area. Uh, so it, it definitely works. Uh, it definitely does. Let's see, what else can we talk uh, about on the team? W where are you guys going to be competing at? Uh, we're going to be competing at Dallas, right? Yeah, just like we said um, last week, we're competing at the Dallas Regional. Um, that'll be March 1st through 4th. And that's and the first week. Yeah, that'll be the first week. That's mm -hmm. something cool. Um, and then the other one's Lone Star South, and that'll be April 4th through 7th. If you want to watch them, you can go to bluealliance.com, and whenever it comes comes that time, they always live stream all of these regionals, and you can watch the competition. Thebluealliance.com. The the blue, blue, yeah, sorry, thebluealliance.com. Yeah, thebluealliance.com. And actually, going back to the sponsor talk, uh, if you are a company out there listening to this in, in whatever town you're in, um, thebluealliance.com is not an official FIRST Robotics website, but it is uh, a very good supporting website. And you can easily navigate that site to find a team near you. So no matter where you're at, if you can go in there and search for your town, and you'll find a team nearby that w your company could plug into and, and uh, help sponsor. Uh, so you, you mentioned the Dallas Regional. You, you mentioned Lone Star as well. And then there's also Champs. And Champs. That's, that's in our own backyard. That's going to be in Houston. That's what's real cool. There's one in Houston and there's one in St. Louis. Um, championships, when is it? Do you remember? Yeah, April 18th through 21st gotcha. in the Houston area. And then the following weekend, for those that are up north, there is another championship in Detroit. In and Detroit? that is. Is that, that new this year? Oh, it's no yeah. longer in St. Louis. Yeah. That's right. Okay, yeah. it's going to be Detroit and Houston. Yep, and that'll be uh, the 25th through 28th in Detroit. Um, I don't know the name of the dome up there, but I'm sure it's going to be in the big dome or big convention up there. This is, there'll be about 400 teams at, the, at each of those championships. Um, anything more to add about what we learned today and what we saw? Anything we left out? I don't think so. It's, there's a lot to talk about, but it's just it, it, then we just get into nitty-gritties, and that's something that you should, if you really are interested, you should go and dive in into it and find a team. and It's, it's a ton of fun. Very but, cool. Um, and we're going to come back tomorrow for a few hours. Chris, what are we going to do tomorrow? Um, hopefully prototype, um, but for right now we're gonna kind of go back with our ideas and kind of build up on them and get really understand or understand the rules really and um, get a better understanding of the game. And yeah, I know know the teachers and the mentors of the team have given you guys some homework for tonight. What's that homework? Uh, we're supposed to read the manual <laughs> all the way through. Yeah, and we're going to <laughs> not right? necessarily all the way through, <laughs> but yeah, most of it. Definitely, definitely, we got to get used to it and understand the game. This is gonna be our life for the next. 12 weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. A few months, whole yeah. spring semester. Woo! Yep.
So we'll just run, like we mentioned this morning, we'll have about six weeks of build season. We'll take about a week off, and then we'll have six or so weeks of competition season, and then the championship if we qualify. Uh, let's see if I can put you guys on the spot one last time. Who knows all your social media contacts for the team? I know. Okay, so on Twitter and Instagram, it's 1255Blargofish, and you can look us up. Just Google us at 1255Blargofish, and you can find our website. It's a Weebly. So I believe the exact oh, what is it? URL is 1255Blargofish.weebly.com. So. Very cool. And I, I confused Chris this morning when I asked him to spell it. Let's see if he can do it again. Blargofish, that's a weird name. <laughs> B-L-A-R-G-L-E-F-I-C. S-H. Yeah, spell yeah. it as it sounds. Blargo yes. Fish. 1255 Blargo Fish. All of the first robotics teams are assigned numbers approximately sequentially. So this team was about the 1,255th team assigned way back in 2004, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, the team numbers now are, I think the highest one is 7,329 is the highest registered team right now. So it's, uh, it's we're growing quite a bit. Uh, very cool. One, anything else before we sign off here? I don't think so. Nope. Okay. Should we come back and revisit in a week or two? I'd love to. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Cool. Okay. Deal. Cool. Thanks for listening to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. We'll see you next time. and thank you for listening to the Lumen Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live.